following is an encore episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Any email addresses, web URLs, or other time-specific information may no longer apply. Please visit davidaspect.com for more information. Thanks for listening. This is David Specht, President of Biz. Have you ever wondered what all the buzz is about Biz? Well, simply put, Biz is about business. We have a host of products and content aimed at keeping you educated and informed. From our print publication to our website and this podcast, Biz is about your business. To learn more, visit us online at www.bizmagsb.com. That's www.bizmagsb.com. B-I-Z-M-A-G-S-B.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast, practical advice for today's busy business leader. And now your hosts, David Speck and Jerry Frentress. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast. I'm Jerry Frentress. And I'm David Speck. And we are your hosts for this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Biz spelled b-i-z okay david what topic are we covering today well this is going to be a topic that a lot of people in my age bracket and older want to know about and that is how do you deal with people in this age group called millennials and so we've got a, a great guest in studio today it is my good friend and the vice president of biz sean green welcome to the studio sean hey guys how you doing I'm doing well. How, How are you? How do millennials feel today? Millennials? I can't speak for everybody. I'm doing good, though. You are? Yeah. Well, what is a millennial? What is a millennial? A millennial is someone who is uh, born, well, roughly, it, everybody changes the, the ages. It's roughly uh, 20 to early to early 30s, say 33. And you qualify? I do. Barely. Barely. Okay. So we have a live, breathing, talking millennial guy with us today. David is going to come up with questions that he wants to ask the millennial here and why he is the way he is. Let's start with um, the appearance thing because, you know, first impressions are really, really important to my age group and to Jerry's age group, as a matter of fact. They, they'll they size somebody up based upon what they look like walking into a room, walking into an interview, et cetera. And it seems to me that a lot of millennials have an issue with this. Can you kind of explain to me the mindset with regard to personal appearance and professionalism in appearance as a millennial? He says to the guy wearing a hoodie and jeans today, um, to most millennials, appearance is secondary we understand that in some cases you have to dress nice i understand personally my beliefs are if i'm not meeting anybody important if i'm not going to be out seen in the community then if i'm in the office i should be comfortable uh, most millennials believe that their talent outweighs appearance uh, shaving uh, haircuts they think that if i'm talented and you want me on your team then what does it matter how i dress and that that's that and that's a, a broad um a broadly accepted premise by that age group wouldn't you agree i, th I think so uh, there are a few exceptions uh, i would say even i'm an exception to that um but because it can get even extreme you know more extreme uh, i won't wear shorts to work i won't wear a baseball cap to work unless i'm going to be there for an hour or so just duck in and out um it, it's it is 
kind of a broad brush to paint people, but yeah, that's that's generally the the truth. And and you went on to talk about that the talent should outshine. Can you kind of explain to me the 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 increased talent level of this age group? Well, you have to keep in mind we were the first uh, generation to be born with the internet. Really, really, the internet existed in our formative years. Uh, I'm on the edge of that, but you know, you have younger kids who are still in college right now mm-hmm. that they grew up with the internet. They grew up with social media. It's become a part of their lives. They they understand technology at a greater rate than any other generation before us. We are able to multitask because our, our attention spans are short, which will come into play later, I'm sure, in one of your questions. But um, that gives us that ability to, to understand technology, whereas most people can't. It gives us the ability to focus on multiple tasks at once. And it's not a common characteristic of the generation x or the baby boomers jerry as as we um are in the management field most of the time we tend to look at things like um when somebody brings in a resume my uh, career has been in sales hiring sales people and talking to sales people and uh my world said i'm going to judge the person how they're dressed and how they're manicured or, or not and that's how they think about their business. If, if, if Sean were selling a product, that would be what I would think of him. Uh, this, is, this is the product being represented for me. And he, in, in my mind, he is the product too. If I'm going to hire him, and I have uh, interviewed uh, several people that looked like they had been shot out of a cannon. <laughs> uh, uh, disheveled and uh, uh, how they were dressed inappropriate in my mind and so because of that they were immediately downgraded in my mind as being not qualified for the position of dealing with other people especially other people of my age if they were going to go out and and sell a product or a service or themselves to someone like me which in the business world more people look like did look more like me than they did like like sean does Mm -hmm. and so i'm thinking we got to look like each other. We got to mirror who we're who are we're trying to sell, and so I, I I had trouble at first and wondering why didn't you dress differently? Why didn't you prepare better? Why didn't you? Because that whole outside thing mm-hmm. that makes that uh, it dominates my impression. Uh, one survey research project that I looked at, and I I follow as I deal with people is that fifty five percent of the communication process is from, and I'm, I'm blocking off a section of my, my face, the, the impression that I'm going to get when I see somebody. Uh, then it goes down to tone and down to words, very small. But that, that impression is, according to that research project, 55%. And I get, maybe I got that in my mind after I saw that, thinking that this is what I'm, I'm, this is all important. Well, how do they look? How do they dress? How do they take care of themselves? Uh, appear to be, are their shoes shined? Uh, is, is their clothes, are their clothes uh, neatly pressed? And of course, being a, a baby boomer, an old baby boomer, that was important. Mom said, iron your clothes, mm-hmm. put a nice neat, uh, stri- polish your shoes, all, comb your hair, all that type of stuff. And so that's what I expect when I look at them. And I had a tough time. 
until so people like Sean explain to me what the a millennial will uh, be thinking. And that, all, that whole thing, uh, maybe I shouldn't say it this way, but it, it kind of uh, is a big bugaboo for people my age. And what are we, we're supposed to be thinking differently about each generation. Right. And, and one of the things that I want to bring to the table, too, is point of reference. Um, yours and my generation have a point of reference where the important people in our lives always wore a suit and tie. They were always very well polished. Yet in Sean's generation, and I, I'm sure Sean can, can attest to this, their point of reference are people like Steve Jobs of Apple, who wears a black turtleneck and jeans unveiling the latest product, or Bill Gates, who who has almost a, a wrinkled-looking uh, Oxford shirt with you know short sleeve. You know, you never wore short sleeve Oxfords. You know, that was a that was used car salesman low rent when I was you know learning sales. And so this is this is their idols. This is their role models, if you will. And it kind of imparts to them. This is the way successful people look. Am I am I correct in that assumption? A, a little bit. I, I think it still gets back to you have people, um, teens, young teens, uh, young twenty year olds that just think it. It, it doesn't matter how you look. Um, you know, you can put on a, a t shirt with your favorite band on it, and then you can wear a blazer over that, and you're good. The, the blazer saves everything. Um, it, it doesn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of the rare ones that, that if I were to go talk to Jerry, I would put on a shirt and tie. If I had a nice suit, I'd wear a nice suit. That Because that's that's what I believe. But a lot of millennials don't believe that. And is it something that we as an older generation, since there are so many of you coming into the workplace and into the marketplace, is this just something that we need to get over? That's tough. Um, that it's because it's not fair for millennials to say you have to adjust to me. There are certain, I think, aspects of our personality that you can't get around. I'm not sure dress is one of them. I think if you really want the job and you really uh, are motivated and you buy into the vision of that job, then dress attire is one of the fewer things you should have to really worry about. One of the you know the characteristics of the job that should really not be that important. I think you have to be willing to compromise and meet in the middle. We have an understanding that if I if I am going to be in laying out pages or working emails or doing research, it's okay for me to, to dress like I am today. But if I'm going to a lunch meeting or I'm going to see a client or someone like that, I better look the part. And I think that's kind of where you have to where you have to fall now. Let, let's get away from uh, appearance now because that's just one facet of, of dealing with millennials. Um, I keep wanting to go back to the talent level and to the ability level of this generation. You mentioned something earlier about the ability to multitask. Kind of tell me, what are some of the advantages to having millennials on your team with regard to getting projects completed? Millennials want, they want to do things, uh, they want direction, which is really rare. Uh, I think a lot of baby boomers especially took it upon themselves. Jerry, you might be able to, to dispel this. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like a lot of uh, babies wanted to pr have felt they had something to prove. They wanted to take take the bull by the horn, so to speak. I think with millennials, what you're getting is they will, they will embrace a project wholeheartedly, and you're going to get tons of prototypes. You're going to get tons of proofs. I think they they want that direction because they want to know are they are we on the right track am i doing what you expect is this it and they're willing to work at it and refine it and hone it down and do it and get it done 
they they have the ability also to not disconnect uh, because they grew up with this technology and they grew up with, you know, we, we got to remember, well, when was the first iPhone? 2003? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, so we're over a decade in the first iPhone. There are kids who were eight when the first, who were millennials who were the first, when the first iPhone came out, they've had them pretty much their entire cognizant lives. So what, so they don't disconnect. You can reach us at any time. We think that everybody should be as connected as we are. And that's a bonus to have because you know if you trust that team member, if they're a millennial, you can get a hold of them to get done what needs to get done. Um, a thing that I read about with regard to millennials, and, and I think you kind of attest to this in, in your own personal life, is the fact that flexibility is paramount and that and that they will get the job done, but don't don't fence them in on the on the hours of the day that need to be worked to get that job done. Is that is that a fair assessment? It is, and, and telecommuting is, is the new wave. Telecommuting is, is the future. It's here. Most major cities and, and employers uh, will, you know, savvy employers will use telecommuting, Skype, things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, it, it, we, you know, I personally feel if I'm getting the job done, it doesn't really matter what hours I keep. Mm -hmm. Now, that, that does matter if you have to be in a meeting your boss says, I expect you to be here at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, you better be there at eight o'clock in the morning. But if I know, for instance, I, if I had to lay out the magazine, biz magazine, if I get it done at midnight on a Monday and it's not due till Tuesday afternoon, what does it matter? As long as I meet my deadline and get it done, do the hours matter? And, and flexibility is big for a lot of millennials. Jerry, doesn't that kind of talk kind of drive you a little crazy? Yes. You know, I was I was always brought up with the if the doors are open and if it's a, you know if you're open <laughs> eight to five, by God, you be there here from eight to five. Is that kind of absolutely the the, the absolutely and uh, thinking about the this for me it is a uh, kind of a conflict of wait a minute, guy gal, I'm paying you. You need to fit my my scheme of doing things. And I'm, okay, I'm an older guy. I am whatever, uh, baby boomer. And so you got to adjust to me, not me, to you. Because I hired you and I'm paying you money to do this particular job. And I'm big in, into, well, okay, we're going to do a day's work uh, and get paid a day's wage for doing that. Things I heard as a kid right. as I was raised about work hard all day and take care of your boss and stay there a long time. There, There is one thing that really drives people in my age group up the wall that we can't count on these these uh, these guys uh, sticking around that they and now Sean is smiling at me and, and enjoying how I'm, I'm suffering and <laughs> that, I, that I want to hire somebody I want to keep them here because I came out of a generation that that said my parents my mother father worked for their employers for most all of their life right and we're proud of it and felt like that that was a way to do that yeah in, in the minds of a lot of millennials and and at least and, I, and i'm partial clairvoyant i guess our our idea of success within our career is moving up within a company their idea of success within a career is progressing no matter who you work for in other words you can you can move from from in a five-year period you could change jobs three times and it's no skin off your teeth but to us, if you if somebody changes a job once in a five year period, you're like, what's wrong with that person? He's a job hopper, right? And he's going to hop right out of here after I've invested tons of money 
and time and effort in training, giving him an education, then he's going to say, well, I'm tired of this now. I'm going to move on to the next thing. I may be saying that to now, you now, frivolously. Yeah, and one of the things you need to keep in mind is that millennials are not superficial. It's not like they're just leaving for better pay or leaving for better benefits. A lot of times they have to be inspired for a greater cause and they will give their whole heart to that cause. But if they feel like the cause is not being accomplished or if there's a bigger way that they can change the world at another place, they'll, t they'll leap at that opportunity. Yeah. You, you have to give the vision that, well, first off, let me say we want, and, and I'm included in this and this does apply to me. We want a clear career trajectory and we want it expediently and we're willing to work to those ends, like you said. But so we need a clear vision. We need that buy-in to that vision. And as far as the job hopping goes, uh, I hate to say it, but that's one of the things that you're just gonna get used to. If someone who's 25 and has a good degree, good experience, they come in and in the past five years, they've been to three different jobs. We've crossed the threshold. There's no new employee that you're gonna find that is not that way. That's just how we think. That's how we operate. I'm I'm guilty of a little bit. I was here before, and I came back to spec newspapers. Um, you don't see that a lot, uh, and it. But that's that. I mean, that's just the way the world works now. Um, I hate to say it, but that's sort of a tough get used to it situation. And it's hard to figure out the why. You know, to some extent, you can you can you can broad brush and say, well, these kids have a have a safety net. You know, there, there, there's there's millennials that are in their 20s that are still living at home with mom and dad. And the job that they have is to help them pay their own self-imposed bills. And so there's not a security issue. A lot of times we didn't leave our place of employment because we didn't want the uncertainty of no security in our job. You Well, you have I, I said I think one thing that attributes to it is what I said earlier, that we have short attention spans mm -hmm. because we're Why? able to. I, I really don't know. It's, I've even read some evidence that says it's a it's a evolutionary, um, it's an evolution. It's a piece of human evolution that the brain is evolving. That we are because we're able to multitask. That's a drawback. We're able to multitask, but we have a very short attention span. I, I think that's millennials get bored without a. You know, we want to be challenged. We want a challenge. We want a goal to fight for, a vision to strive mm -hmm. for, a, 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 the big chair, the big desk to strive for. We're, we're willing to work for that. But if we don't have that or we don't have a challenge or, or a fight on, on us ready for us to go, we get bored. And so we look for that next challenge, and it may lie somewhere else. Are you bored because of the uh, all of this equipment, this Internet stuff that you have at your disposal, and you have it everywhere, and it goes with you everywhere? and you can tap into it any time. Is that making you uh, spend less time on things? That's what I see. Um, personally, I can't I can't say, <clears throat> I, I, but that's, that's what a lot of experts believe is that the smartphones, the internet, the social media, that immediate gratification of those things has made us not willing to invest time. It creates a short attention span, and I'm sure it does, personally. I, I have a little bit longer attention span. Um, I can sit and focus on a project until it's done. I don't like to. We talked about this earlier, Dave, that, uh, you know, I, I, like, I don't like to switch. My bandwidth is not that great to switch mm -hmm. between project, 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 project. I like to focus on one project, get it done, and move on.
Bandwidth. Bandwidth. So you're even describing yourself in internet in, terms. In internet terms. Yes. Let's let, let, let's kind of turn the tables just a little bit. In this issue of Biz, you had the opportunity to interview some millennials. Tell me some of the takeaways you had from that experience. Well, it was not anything that I didn't expect, honestly. Uh, I think uh, I interviewed um, Kristen King Holmes, who gave great answers. Man, she 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 gets it. She's also a millennial in, in a lot of true sense, but she gets it more than I think most millennials will. That because a lot of millennials, you know, one thing I take I took away was um, we have to you our employers are going to have to embrace technology. They have to embrace technology both in a um, social media sense and in a infrastructure sense. Yeah, I think I think a lot of um, employers made a huge mistake several years ago when Facebook started getting really, really popular, and all of a sudden they started banning the use of social media among their employees. And I think that that really set a rift between generations that's still trying to be mended. It, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I read a statistic somewhere during in, during my research, and it was a very high number that banning Facebook is automatically a, a deal breaker for that millennial. Mm -hmm. If you want that millennial and you ban Facebook, then you've pretty much eliminated yourself from their contention. Um, I, I, another takeaway was the that most millennials just don't get it. They mm -hmm. think that the world should bend to them that because they are the future because they do have this talent that the world should 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 th they should be the rock and the river and the river should flow around them <laughs> and that's not the way it always works uh, i think we have to compromise um jerry's probably sitting over here going no but i think the baby boomers and gen xers have to give a little bit but we also have to give we have to to realize that the world is not going to work in certain ways so let's figure out a way that we can both be happy and comfortable. And I, I just feel like a lot of millennials don't get that. As we move forward, you know, there's a lot of business owners who are listening to this podcast going, do I have to get them to be able to take advantage of, of these great and wonderful things that they bring to me? Or, or, or is there some steps that I can take to help me not necessarily understand them, but accept, you know, what are, what are, what are some of the non-negotiable things that millennials have? What are, you know, if I want to hire you and yeah, I'm willing to dress a little nicer when I'm going out or, and I'm willing to engage in certain ways that, that aren't necessarily what I'm comfortable with, but what are some of the things you're like, this is, I don't compromise on this. Okay. So there are several, I call them deal, deal breakers. Mm -hmm. There are several deal breakers. One is flexibility. Um, we want to have some worked-in flexibility, whether it's personal days. Uh, I know a lot of people are willing to put in 10-hour days if they need a Friday off for a personal problem or a concert or whatever. They're willing to get their job done and put in their hours if they have an hourly quota uh, to, to achieve that. So they, they do want some flexibility. Um Another thing is we want uh, to be personal. Uh, if you go into my office, it looks like a, a shrine to every geek thing in the world. Um, we want to display our personality. Mm -hmm. uh, that can be a paint job. That can be, uh, you know, accoutrement on our desks. Mm -hmm. That can be uh, a background on our computer screen. If you, if you don't let us be who we are, we feel stifled. 
um, a media uh, technology. We want good technology. We want access to social media. We want that company to embrace technology. Technology is constantly changing. It is the future, and we feel like if you don't embrace it, then we're going to be stagnant. Regardless of, of what efforts you make, if you don't embrace the changing nature of our world, then we can't move up, and that's when we will leave. Um, another thing is, some, for some people, it might be the dress, which mm-hmm. kind of reverts back to the personality thing. Um, I, and lastly, I think the, the major deal breaker is communication. I think you have to communicate with us. We want to learn. We want to be leaders. We just don't know how. And, and there's statistics that prove that. Most, most millennials already in a leadership position don't feel equipped to lead. We, we want to learn from the person in charge. We're willing to learn from the person in charge, but you have to communicate with us and show us how to lead. And you have to communicate with us your vision and if our work is good, if we're doing what we need to be doing. One of the things you said there was you wanted to learn how to lead. And one of the things that I, I've picked up on, at least in, in our relationship, is that education process is very rarely self-started. When, and what I mean by that is you you react a whole lot better to a conversation you and I have directly where I'm pointing out various leadership qualities or, or things that I want you to do. But if I say, hey, there's this, here's a great book on this, you smile and, and, and you say, awesome, and it goes on your shelf, and rarely do you pick it up and read it. Now, I, I believe that goes to the um, – the short attention span issue of yours, but is that, is that, you know, pretty broad as well that, that, that they learn better in one-on-one or maybe even seminar scenarios as opposed to saying, here's some great material that you need to, to read or take advantage of? A little bit. I personally just don't like to read. Um, that's just me. Uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of us don't read though. Uh, a lot of it is online. A lot of it is podcasts. A lot of it is seminars, personal one-on-one. And, and that's really what we prefer. We would rather learn from somebody who's been there and done it that we know or work for than somebody that we'll never meet in a book. Because you can learn. We feel like, and I feel like, you know, I, I might be generalizing here, but I feel like I can learn way more from you than I can from John Maxwell, mm-hmm. whether that's fair or unfair. And I may just be teaching what John Maxwell's already imparted exactly. to me through exactly. what I've read. Exactly. But we're, but we're willing to take it. I'm willing to take it from you or we're willing to take it from our leader or manager because you're there mm-hmm. and you're in our world. So you know our world. So it, it applies to more to us more directly. Oh, so it gets back to one of the old axiom of sales, and that's the relationship aspect. That that we, we, we sell you on us, then you receive from us. And it doesn't matter what kind of pedigree uh, uh, someone comes to you with. If you, don't, the, if you don't have a relationship with that individual or with that entity, then you're kind of checked out. Yeah, I mean... Uh, well, um, I, you don't disrespect that person. No, no, but... But, yeah, it, it carries more weight coming from somebody who knows you and knows your situation. They don't care what they know until they know that you care. Yeah, exactly. Jerry, one final question to you. You are in the consulting business. You, you have dealt with people from all walks of life trying to help them improve their sales, their sales teams, their leadership qualities. Have you, have you consulted or tried to coach some millennials, and have you seen the, the, some of the similar feedback that, that Sean talks about 
with regard to they're willing to sponge in what you have for them. But as far as material wise, they, they pretty much don't, you know, follow through on those aspects. I've uh, dealt with folks uh, at all age groups and had, had people who resisted millennials, uh, resisted completely, one, didn't want to hear from somebody else about uh, how to. In fact, one guy said, he, you don't know what you don't know. And so he, he just all bottled up. And then I've had guys who had been, oh, tell me about this. Tell me more about this. When I listen to Sean talk, I, I keep saying to myself, I'm that way too. And I'm the littlest guy in the room. When he says, I want, I want to know what the job is. I want to know the direct path. I want to, uh, where are we going? How are we going to get there? Right? Yeah. That's yeah. me. I want to know. What's the plan? I've said to you many times, what's the plan? I love that. I want that. I don't know that, there's, that there is this, uh, the distance between Sean and an old guy like me, and I'm 68 years old. And <laughs> What was that? <laughs> that was a six and an eight ah. uh, years old. Uh, uh, but I, 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 I relate to what he's saying and what he's doing. The more I hear about it from him, hear him saying, this is how I work, the more I want to work that way for, to have a great uh, communication process between him and me. It almost seems like I, I walked into a situation where one day somebody said, well, okay, let me tell you about all these generations. And there's, a, there's some sort of dividing line between each one, mm -hmm. and you can't necessarily, you don't know really what's up, that's going on over there. They're different, and they're doing all this stuff. But I don't find that much difference in him. I, re I relate, if that's possible. Do I? Uh, that's scary. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> well, but, it, you know, we've kind of gone all the way around the world and back to the, the central theme, and that is that people are not that much different. We size each other up. We make prejudicial um, uh, opinions of, of folks. But at the end of the day, it, people on a team all focus on the same goal. We may have different ways of uh, arriving at the goal, but, but, our, but our hearts are kind of the same. And I think that's, you know, if there was a parting thought from this interview, I would say that it is don't judge the book by its cover. If you dig just a little bit deeper, you'll find you're not that different after all. We all want to win and we all want to, to I think we all want to impact our communities and our, and our world and make a difference. And that's the way I think we ought to close this out. Oh, Sean, okay. thank you so much for, for visiting with us in studio here at BizTools Podcast. Jerry, why don't you take us out? That'll do it for this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. We hope you found information today that is useful to you and to the people in your business. If you have any questions, please post them in the comment section of the show notes. We'll do our best to answer them, or we'll have Sean answer them for us. Um, also remember, our web address is now the um, www.biztoolspodcast.com. That's www.biztoolspodcast.com. Also, if you have an iPhone and don't know how to subscribe to a podcast, there's a handy video there that shows you exactly how to subscribe to our podcast. And it's a millennium's hands doing it, isn't it? Sure. So, we, so you can tell the difference. You'll be able to say, oh, that's Sean with his hands in the picture. We'd love for you to rate our podcast on iTunes so that more people will know about it. Until next time. Remember, applied knowledge is power. Now go be the leader that you were always meant to be. So long, everyone.